You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Half hour! Hello, and welcome to Half Hour, a theater review podcast through Two Worlds Entertainment. I'm Richie. And I'm Jeff. Welcome, welcome. New season. It's September. It's the fall. (laughs) We are happy to be back after a couple weeks of a little bit of a hiatus. And we're back. Welcome, welcome. We're here to bring you a casual conversation on the shows and movie musicals that we see throughout the year. Mm -hmm. This conversation today will feature spoilers, so please make sure you see or research the piece we are discussing today before continuing on with listening to this episode you have been warned (laughs) our episode today is bringing us to a discussion on everybody's talking about jamie the new movie musical on amazon prime video that just came out today um really exciting stuff i'm going to give a little bit of a quick background on this a little bit of history lesson here on the show before we kind of dive in everybody's talking about jamie is a 2021 biographical coming of age musical comedy drama film It is based on the stage musical of the same name. We know the stage musical has been wildly successful in the UK. It is going to soon have its American premiere here on the West Coast. Hopefully Broadway one day. We'll see. This is the movie version, and it is out on Amazon Prime Video. So if you're an Amazon Prime member, you can go see this film on Amazon Prime which we did just minutes ago. (laughs) Some really, really wonderful things here. It was delayed. The film theatrical release was delayed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. um, It is now out worldwide streaming, as I said earlier. The film is directed by Jonathan Butcherell in his feature directorial debut. And the screenplay is by Tom McRae, based on the musical of the same name, as I had said earlier. We have Max Harwood playing Janie, slash me, me, me in the film. Uh, Sarah Lancashire as Margaret, Jamie's mother. Lauren Patel as Pretty Pasha. Shabana Glati as Ray. We have Ralph Innocent as Wayne, the father. And, and the list goes on and on. There's lots of wonderful people um, in this film, as well as, um, well, we have Samuel Bottomley as Dean Paxton. We have Richard E. Grant plays Hugo. And there's even a cameo in there from Bianca Del Rio herself, the famous <laughs> drag queen. So, what, And there's wonderful music, wonderful show. Let's just kind of talk a little bit about what did you think overall as a piece, as a musical, as a story? What were your general thoughts? For sure. I, uh, I didn't know too much about this show going into watching this film, but I, I heard the buzz of it obviously from following Bianca Del Rio and her posting about it on her social media platforms. And I always kind of like wanted to listen to the soundtrack, but you know me, I don't like listening to the soundtrack ahead of seeing something. And I know the rumor had always been that it was going to come to New York, maybe. Um, But obviously the pandemic changes everything. Initially I was like, okay, I, I started doing the thing in my head where I'm like, Oh, this is like this, and this is like this. And I had to get rid of that really fast. Mm. I had to turn it off and say, no, let this piece live on its own. So once I did that, my initial thoughts were, this is a really, really great story to be told right now. And I like that we're kind of moving into this new direction of like queer theme musicals. And this is very like the coming of age. So there were a lot of like tearjerker moments (laughs) where Mm. I was like, wow, this is really beautiful. We didn't really have a lot of things like this growing Mm -hmm, up mm -hmm. and seeing a boy who loves you know dressing up and not knowing if like okay what does it mean to like put makeup on or put a dress on or do something like this 
And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I want to be a drag queen. All of these things of like dressing up and all those kinds of things, like that was not visible to us mm-hmm. as boys. And now seeing these kinds of films, it's like, it is. And I'm like, wow, this is really great. That's like my initial thought, like hearing this. And I love the music and I love the performances by everyone in this film. And it was just great, you know? For everyone um, listening, hopefully you've already seen it before you're listening to this podcast. Yes. We have um, um, Jamie. It's, it's a coming of age tale of yeah. a high school boy who's learning that they want to be a drag queen performer right. um, in their life. And the obstacles are very you – know, so I, I agree with you. I loved the story. I love – you know, it's based on a true story. And I loved how in the credits you saw the real Jamie and his mm-hmm. mother going through this real story. And – of course it should be a musical. A lot of times I see things, I'm like, should this have been a musical? I'm like, no, of course this should have been a musical. Because all the big songs were escapism. Right. How many times do we see musicals, golden age or modern, where the character escapes into a dream ballet, into a love sequence? That's what musical theater is based on, right? right. One of my favorite moments is in the song when he's in the cafeteria singing and the cleaning crew who's mopping become the backup singers. Like that's the dream sequence moment. All these songs. And there is, in there are so many moments like that. Yeah. Going back to like seeing – Oh, like this is a theater moment. Yes, These they're theatrical. Theater and it worked in the film because it was mm-hmm. filmed really well too. Mm-hmm. I thought there were some really, really, really wonderful moments there. And there's struggles. And I, I was watching it and halfway through I was like, I hope this isn't going to like be cliche and cheesy. Like, yeah. uh, you know, I'll talk about the father for a second. You know, part of me was like, is this going to be like father doesn't like his son? And then at the end the father shows up and everything's okay. Because that would be great, but we know that that's not the case for everybody going through something like that. Right, and we see that theme so many times. Right, so I loved loved how the – Yeah, so I loved how like the escapism, the beauty was the who's coming along with me? Mm -hmm. My mom, my friend, even the teacher at the end allows – And who's not coming along? With yeah, and I thought that it was nice that I, I was really glad that he had the moment with the father. As tragic as the scene was, I didn't send you flowers. I want you out of my life. As tragic as that, it was so important to see that the two of them meet face to face. He he found the bravery. You know, that's, well, that's something about. that was happening that kept happening throughout the film anyway, because he was t- he kept going to his mom and the mom kept having to do the dirty. Yeah. Work. Not and only was the mom it. covering up yeah. for the dirty work, but he also had to she also had to do the dirty work for him. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, invite dad to my birthday right. or oh, send the flowers, invite dad to my show. Right. Why wasn't he doing it in the yeah. first place? Yeah. Yeah. But then you hear him and he will say, oh, dad doesn't text me back. Right. So, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I like going back to what you were saying in the beginning, like I like how they set the movie up that this is a true story. Yeah. And we just added the music and dancing. Yeah, I love that in the beginning. I I really liked that they set that up because sometimes the music and dancing comes across as being corny in these Mm -hmm. films. So this sets it up saying... It's not meant to be real, the music and dancing. It's it's what like escapism, what you're saying. It's the, dream, the escapism. But moments. even the high school students, when they're dancing in the school and they're doing the art scene or they're doing the scene where they're dancing in the cafeteria, it's like escapism. It's not it's them being their theatrical selves. And then we go back to the dreary, drabby kind of high school scene. But it's like feeling. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the singing and dancing is feeling, and it's how you as an audience viewer, I feel like uh, are supposed to feel. Yeah. So 
all of the kids are talking about Jamie after right. seeing it's the gossipy high school songs. Yeah. yeah, seeing Mimi Me perform right. the night before. And they're all feeling crazy because now they're like, wow, Jamie really is a drag queen. Yeah. So let's sing about it. Yeah. You know, yeah. but they're not actually singing, but they're singing. So it's like. But and then the <laughs> escapism songs happen, even in the tragic escapism, when we have someone like. Loco Chanel, you know, Richard E. Grant plays Hugo, um, who's also Loco Chanel, the drag queen, and we see the tapes from the past, and it was this escapism. Escapism doesn't always have to be happy singing and dancing. Mm-hmm. That escapism was happiness, but also struggle and tragedy, yeah. and the escaping to the back. And I love how they put the present them in the videos, and you were watching these old videos from the 80s and 90s, and you would see Jamie and Hugo in there watching the movie in the scene. It was very filmed, filmed really yeah. well. So the escapism, but then we don't see the escapism on some of the more serious songs, the sadder moments. There's no, the mother's song. There's not as much escapism with that. And I think that was purposely done. Like, let's take the real rooted, serious, somber moments and let's not play into this whole, like, you know, in in the beginning, he has that wonderful song um, titled, I really loved it, Wall in My Head. I love that song. And he's just being himself, wearing the shoes, singing the song. Same thing with Margaret's song, He's My Boy. She's just in the kitchen singing the song. We have to have moments like that, I feel, Mm -hmm. to counter the the why we're escaping in the escapism songs. And I thought they did a really good job with that. And in a filmic way, I'm sure in the theatrical way, they escape really well too. Maybe some of those escapism moments are the same on stage. Maybe they're different. I thought from a film perspective, they were really, 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 really great. Right. So, like, going kind of, like, on a timeline yeah. base here, like, if we start with, like, the movie, how it begins, it's, like, we're, we're starting in their year 11. This is, I don't know if people know this, but this is the last year of, like, high school mm-hmm. for kids in England. Yeah. So, he's just turning 16. And for us, it's very different because we're graduating high school at 18 and we're mm-hmm. going on to the world after that. So, some of the themes in here, you think, oh, are they done with school after this? But they're in, like, their career class, and the teacher is asking Jamie what does he want to be, you know, when he grows up, as she asks everyone else. But no one really has an answer. He just says, I want to be a performer. Mm. So what I liked how they set this theme up in the whole film was, like, Jamie is figuring out what he wants to be since he's going to be graduating and Mm. moving on. And maybe he'll go to university, or maybe he won't. So that's where that first song comes, and they don't even know it in the yeah, place and yeah. it's like it keeps playing in my head over yeah. and over like it's yeah. so catchy the music first yeah it was foremost, wonderful it's so, so great. catchy so great. it's like bop after bop yeah and it works for this yeah. i really liked and you you mentioned this during the film as well like they orchestrated a lot of the well the film filmic well. moments there's there's film scoring done here there's yes. actual nice things that we were talking about this like how films have scores yes and we don't always hear that as much in films and of course there's always film scores but this was so beautifully woven into the dialogue scenes right. and the transition a lot of the time scenes it's just like pop music right. being put into Played, the, right. movies right. now but now that this was actually like a musical yeah. and the most of the singing moments were only happening with the actors yeah so i like what happened here and 
moving along, we, we find Jamie kind of coming to terms with who he is mm-hmm. and what he wants to be. And you see him scrolling through social media and he's looking at drag queens and he finally realizes, like, I want to be a drag queen. And the mom, for his 16th birthday, gets him his first pair of yeah, shoes. Yeah. And, like, the little ode to Judy yeah. and maybe even to, like, Kinky Boots yeah. where it's, like, these sparkly red shoes mm-hmm. are always such a staple mm-hmm. in the queer Theater community. Theater and drag queen, right, that's such a, a red sparkly shoe, sure. Yeah, sure. and they were fabulous. Yeah. So it was great And there we that. go, right away we see the mother's support. And I think that was yes. really important. Like the mother is supportive the whole time. Yes, we have one parent who is not, but it was really nice to see this rock-rooted parent. No matter what, there was never a, don't do this, don't. It was always like, oh, cool, now you're going to do it? Great, let's, yeah, do it. Like she goes to his show, she supports him. And, I've, and they have hit some rocks later in the plot, but I think it's so nice to see that great support throughout the whole Yeah, and I almost felt bad for her sometimes because Jamie almost was, because she was so supportive, it's almost like he didn't appreciate her support. He was always looking for support from other people, whether it was his peers at school or his father or the teacher. You know, she just was always there Mm -hmm. and she was his biggest fan. Yeah. And it almost got a little overlooked by Jamie. And I was like, oh, I feel so bad for her. Yeah. And she's got her own struggles. She's certainly, I think the mom's character is wonderful in the show. Um, And the woman who played her, well, Margaret is her name. Um, The woman who played her is Sarah Lancashire. She was so wonderful. I thought what was really amazing was she has a struggle with that marriage. Yeah. She has a struggle with that separation. She has a struggle with meeting new people. She has her own struggle as a woman. As a, She doesn't have a struggle with a mother. She's a, she, she knows she's a supportive mother. She is there working around the clock to support her son. She's a great mother. Yeah. But how is she as a woman, as an individual? She is struggling with finding some individuality. And that song, He's My Boy, is just all about that's what... He, that's her whole life as her right. son. And so you, I felt, I thought a really great acting moment too was that scene with the father. Hey, I have to talk to you. I'm going to meet you outside. They can't even look each other in the eye. Right. There's problems there raising this son. And the father wants nothing to do with it. And so the mother's character is really, really wonderful. I was like, I, in the beginning, I was like, I hope she has a song. And then she has a song <laughs> at the end. I'm like, it was great. Yeah, she's really, really, really great. What I also liked is like now after Jamie's finally realizing that he wants to be a drag queen, he goes to a drag shop to, you know, see what he needs to be this drag queen. And he comes across Hugo. Yeah. Local Chanel. Mm -hmm. So he meets and not realizing that this man was a drag queen and then learning about it. And I loved the director choice here or even just how maybe it's written in the book, but that it didn't immediately happen like I'm a drag queen and blah, blah, blah. Jamie had to kind of learn and put it together that he used to be a drag queen. Mm -hmm. And I really did like the touch that they put in there of like the HIV, you know, AIDS pandemic. It was a touch that needed to be put into the film because I find like with the younger generations, like what the older generations in the queer community are saying, it's like, um, are we forgetting what we came from and like, did we pave the way here to, for you to come out? And he's like, wow, you're 16 years old and you're going to be a drag queen already and you can perform and like this, just remember what happened. Well, the HIV AIDS crisis was a really serious time. And I think what's nice is that it was certainly brought up in this film. It was mentioned. It was like you said, the youth learning that drag Mm -hmm. was a movement. Drag was important for that. And nowadays, so many people, young people see drag as, I just want to do it. It's fun. I want it, which is great. And 
an art form that should be celebrated like that. But it was like a slight homage to let's just look back and remember a few things. Right. Let's just remember it and let's just continue that forward in the movement and the process. You but know? also that to learn that these drag queens were warriors at the time. Yeah, they yeah. were there. They were the support system of you know, movement, to keep entertaining yep. of the march, you know, right of marches. the march to keep entertaining the the people of the community. They were there. They would go, and we've seen it in other shows too. There is something to be said about making sure people know that drag has been around for a long time, mm-hmm. and that things have changed in drag a little bit. And yes. and and then it's also nice when you flash forward because I kept thinking the whole time, will he show up in full drag at the prom? Right. And it was nice because it wasn't necessarily you. T- you know, he says to the teacher, "You told me to come as myself, and I'm just here in a dress." And and they and then flashing way forward again, I'm kind of jumping around. They t- he says and his friend in the beginning says, "Well, do you want to be a girl?" And he's like, "No, I just right. sometimes like to wear." Which is like they're showing the difference right away between the transgender community and the drag community. Sometimes two different things wanting to be. A woman in drag as the art form, different than wanting to transition as a woman. And that was interesting that they kind of addressed that in the beginning of the show. I don't want to be a woman. I want to be a boy. And I want to sometimes wear a woman's clothes. And so <laughs> it, and and do full drag. But then at the end, it was also made clear in the prom. I just am a boy wearing a dress and I want to do that. Right. It wasn't like he had to put on full drag and wig and makeup and everything to do that. At right. The and why does that need a label? Right. It's more it, just like, right. I just want to wear a dress. Exactly. So that, I thought that was really, really interesting, too. Right. So I and I, one more thing I will say, I'm, I, I know I'm jumping around a lot. I thought what was really interesting was he was longing for the father figure in his life. He was longing for his father. Mm-hmm. He was never like, oh, I'm over it. It's just OK if he doesn't text me. There was this longing for the male presence or just another parent. Right. And I thought that that was fulfilled in two ways. He had his mom. There was his support system. But when you have Hugo as the other male father figure, I thought that was really great to see him during the credits to see Hugo with the mom at the end yeah. in the parade scene. Like there they are. He's a supportive person. Someone else that I thought was a really wonderful presence and didn't overstep anything as their character was Margaret's close friend, Ray, yeah. the bakery shop um, owner. She was always there. I was like, this is so great that she's like – at the birthday party, she's there when the mom gets the text. That's the tearjerker moment for you when she gets the text that her son sent her the picture, like he's okay at the prom. Mm-hmm. There's the friend sitting there. Yeah. And it's like, how special was that that he had this other parental figure in his life? And I never found that the mother's friend had any sort of overstepping or got said the wrong thing at the wrong time. She was there. So he had these other adult presences in his life. And I thought that was really, really, really smart. And another woman and Hugo and the male figure in his life. It was, that's what he realized at the end was he had those people in his life. Right. And that was important. Having Hugo as this figure now, but also having Hugo kind of explain to you like how to pave the way. Mm -hmm. Hugo was a different warrior at a different time. Mm -hmm. And now Hugo's saying, what are you going to be the warrior for? Mm -hmm. And I guess that's really one of the messages in this film is like, what does Jamie want to be the warrior for? Is Jamie just being a warrior for kids to be able to be themselves in public? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's kind of what I think has been missing in this space is like so many of us feel like we have to hide things for so long. And now I think kids are starting to be their own warriors in this space. We're not all one kind of person. 
and everyone should be able to be who they want. You know, mm. when we have the teacher keep talking about how some kids don't want to be here if Jamie is in a dress. Well, what if Jamie didn't want to be there because kids were in suits? Mm-hmm. You know, we don't think that way. People don't think like, oh, everyone has a place in this world. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really what this message is. Like, and everyone then, should just be able to be you. And there's that message with like Dean Paxton's character, right? And about the big fish in the small pond. And I mm-hmm. love that monologue that Pretty um, has his friend to him at the end. Like, you're the, you're, you're, what is your life after this day? Yeah. And why was the teacher building up so many of the students? This is their big day. Yes, this is their big day. But what's your life beyond? Right. Pretty had a whole life that she was planning about. Her character was wonderful, her cultural background and how important that was to her and how she identified herself was very important and her friendship with him. And that is it. And her song that she sings, I think it's called beautiful. It's called beautiful. It means beautiful. And I loved that moment in that song for mm-hmm. her and him and, and, and her constant and her showing up to his show, even though she had that big exam to take, she had this really interesting line. I thought when she was like, I want to something along the lines of, I want to be a doctor. That doesn't mean I show up with my stuff. Scope. Yeah. And there's a difference between career and identity. And I think what's so important is the teacher comes up, well, what's your career going to be? What are you going to do to make money? What's your career going to be? And when people are like, we want to be YouTube, we want to be pop stars, him wanting to be a drag queen, yes, is a career, of course, but it was also part of his identity. And no one was really seeing that. Even when Pretty was like, well, I want to be a doctor. Like I said, I, I don't want to have to go, do I have to show up with a stethoscope? No, that's your career. Yeah. And that's also your identity. But in this moment, this was about his identity. Right. And I thought that was really important that they had that conversation in her bedroom about that. And that's just kind of showing us all how everyone is still learning. Mm-hmm. Everyone. When something isn't present in today's society, like everyone still is learning. Even if they are your best friend, they're still going to need to learn. And we all have to be accepting of how people take things at first. Mm-hmm. They might not understand it at first. And she kind of pretty explains that like, I, okay, I, I don't know if you really should, maybe Mm -hmm. you shouldn't, you Mm -hmm. know, when she hears other people talking, like maybe you shouldn't go to prom in a dress and then kind of is open to it. You, you watch all of these kind of people blossom into like, oh no, it's fine. It's fine. And eventually you get to prom and all the kids are like, no, let, let Jamie in. Right. Right. You know, exactly. I think that. A lot of the music also with those moments comes in at the right time. I never felt like there was too much music, too little music, or that some of the music was hitting on the wrong time. Right. The music hit at different times. There were upbeat songs. There were slow songs. I also had mentioned this, just talking about the music in general. There was this awesome 60s, 70s feel to it. At times, some of the songs started as some of the songs start in like Hairspray. Yeah. Um, or when you're watching some older show like that. And I thought that was really, really cool. The ballads were felt fresh and modern, but at the same time, I felt like the older songs were, and then, and that last closing finale song, the finale was very like studio 54, like that seventies vibe. It was like that cultural, some of the music that they were kind of feeling of the 60s, 70s, 80s. I really liked moving that. into that disco space. Like, okay, here's the ode to disco, yeah, you know, yeah. as well. Like, yeah. Let that disco ball shine down. Right, right. And it was it was nice because, you know, there was definitely, fe- like comparing this, to, not to compare it to other shows, but there was feelings of 
hairspray for some reason in there because the the struggles that they go through hairspray, but also the fun fashion and fun songs and mm-hmm. things like that. But then there was also these this homage. I mean, listen, it was very similar in a way to the prom. Yeah. As, you know, another show about a prom. Maybe there's a reason why this didn't come at the same time the prom was on Broadway. Maybe this will come out two shows about high school prom. Maybe. I don't know. There was also – I don't know if this was purposely done or not, but the three drag queens at the Legs 11 show, I mean, that was such <laughs> camp and such fun. And I loved their one-liners. But there's – I mean, if, if you if anyone knows the musical Gypsy, there's the three, uh, you know, bump it with the trumpet and the gotta get a gimmick girls that they're in their costumes and they're like, yeah, this is what we've been doing all these years. Come learn from us, Gypsy, like yeah. about what we and I was like, oh, there's the homage to like the old golden age, like the three girls in the dressing room getting ready to do this for the 25th millionth time, you know, whatever it is. So oh, I just love that. I love you, that. You see the drag queens performing and getting ready and that they're so inviting to the youth. Mm-hmm in this space and I think like that's something we see in the drag queen community a lot is like drag mothers and drag daughters and RuPaul's Drag Race bringing all these drag queens into the space to actually thrive and shine and like drag is such a movement so it's great it's great seeing things like this and yeah and 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 the show you know this film takes place in a smaller um Sheffield in a smaller town right it's Mm -hmm. not like so many times you think of drag in history and you think, you know, London, New York, L.A., big cities. And what's interesting is here's drag queens living, doing small drag shows in smaller towns. And it's also when you look at something like RuPaul's Drag Race and you see these queens coming from small cities, small towns all over the place, all over the world. Drag Race is all over the world now. Yeah. It's not just, oh, you have to move to New York to do drag. And you have to do it underground and you have to be careful. That was the history of it. Now it's like drag is all over the place. And you hear some of these stories too in like Drag Race UK. So that's yeah, why like this yeah. kind of relates to that. Right. Exactly. So, so that's And I also it. like, you know, we Bianca Del Rio had her little yeah, cameo she did. in here. She was in there. She's been doing the show for a while. Yes. And now she also had her little cameo in here playing the art teacher. And fun fact, we're actually seeing Bianca tonight. Yes, in New York. <laughs> in New York show, thing. yes. So it's cool. It's cool to see. And she'll be, I believe, in the American premiere in de- over in the West Coast in, in the Los winter. Angeles, yeah, so yeah, so that'll be really I cool. hope it comes to Broadway. Yes, we're hoping for Broadway because we really yes. like this. So. <laughs> oh, oh, there's our chime, wow. which means it's five <laughs> minutes to places. we got to get ready to wrap this up. We're going to give our closing remarks here we're each going to go for a minute and just just give me the recap give me the scoop what you is go your first. i'll go first okay you go here's, first. <laughs> here's my overall thoughts on the whole piece everybody's talking about jamie a wonderful coming of age film meant for all audiences telling such wonderful story of life of love of happiness of pride of truth it's important it's fun it's sad it's poignant it's really and it's important I'll say that again. Yeah. It's very, very important. I really hope this film is successful. I really hope that thousands of people can see this live in live theaters across the uh, – even in community theaters and high schools in the future when the rights are available to it. It's a wonderful, wonderful show. I enjoyed the majority of the film. I strongly recommend everyone see it. I really, really enjoyed it. And I hope this is the start of more coming-of-age tales like this for the future. For sure. There we go. What about you? Your turn. What's your recap scoop thoughts? My little recap of everybody's talking about Jamie is one word, fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) I think that... I, I'm in agreement with you. I would love to see this film be a success. I hope everyone goes and watches it. It's on Amazon Prime. 
just go check it out. The music is great. The costumes are great. The story is wonderful. And I don't think there's a lot of filler in this film. I think it's the right length. And it's perfect for the time. I think so many people go through this more than we than, than we know. And especially for the younger generation and the older generations that are educating the younger generations, let something like this be on your televisions. Mm-hmm. Let something like this be on your stage yep. and take your kids to see it mm-hmm. and let your kids see it and you go see it because it's important. All ages, all mm-hmm. backgrounds, mm-hmm. everyone. Yes, And just be open to yep. it. Just like everyone else has been open to other people's things, be open to something that you're not used to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Love it. You yeah. know? So. <laughs> Amazing. Yes, I love it. It was great. So everyone, please go check it out. Thank you all for listening to our podcast recap scoop here as well. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify or Apple Music. Leave us a review if you love what you heard today. We also want you to join our conversation and engage with us. So head over to our Instagram at Half Hour Podcast. And comment on the latest post about this podcast episode. We'd love to hear from you. Once again, that's at Half Hour Podcast on Instagram. All right. So we have lots of more. Well, Broadway is coming back. Yes. We have movie musicals coming. Wait for our Broadway review. Yeah, we got Tony hey. Awards coming up soon. We have lots coming up. So we are we're going to be gearing a lot of these episodes towards specific shows and movie musicals and awards that we watch and observe and see and giving you our scoop and our review on it. So we hope you enjoyed today. Check out this film and keep checking out our podcast as we release them. So. And just throwing it in there, if you heard the lawnmower, sorry, we record our podcast <laughs> in our we, home. We, our, we never know what's going on out there. So today it's Lamar. Sorry, y'all. Sorry. <laughs> I hope you're able to hear us all pretty well loud and clear. We try our best. So and that's all for today, folks. Yes. <laughs> Until next time, signing off for now, I'm Richie. And I'm Jeff. Ta-ta. Bye. <laughs>Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.